you know, there is a lot of nuance there that you want to think through, but there's opportunity there as well to have a sales channel that bolsters your business. Hey folks, this is Michael Vizi from Amazing FBA Podcast for Amazon Sellers. I'd like to introduce an episode from our sister podcast, The E-Commerce Leader, which has got a slightly broader remit for all e-commerce sellers. In this deep dive episode, Jason Miles and I deep dive into a key e-commerce topic. Hope you enjoy the show. Smart e-commerce operators know that net profit is the lifeblood of a business but at a small and profitable business than a large one which earns no money. The Profit Habits Workbook by Jason Miles gives you 17 specific proven profit-taking actions. For a limited time, we are sharing this valuable resource with our listeners completely free. Download your 60-page workbook and start making your business more profitable today. Just visit theecommerceleader.com forward slash profit habits. That's theecommerceleader.com forward slash profit habits anyway so that's another one now the next one yeah really starts to to tie into the the way that this client of mine was thinking about yeah quite a different one yeah number four is a business model you should consider bolting on if you don't have it yet is direct to consumer sales if you're selling currently as you know a b2b seller or as like a wholesale you know through wholesale accounts and the, the idea here is pretty straightforward. You know, having direct to consumer sales gives you customer contact and data and, you know, insights in terms of how to build your business. These to me go to, to go together. And so to the question that was prompted by your client or your, your mastermind member, if you don't have direct to consumer sales and you just sell B2B, you should absolutely bolt it on. The next thing that Number five here on our list is the reverse of this. You should set up wholesale or B2B sales if you're selling direct to consumer. And so I'll just commingle these ideas because they're so obviously close together. The, the thinking here is, and this is an interesting example. We had a client who was, was trying to sell in a specialty food category, direct to consumer, and was spending a ton of money to acquire customers and the Products are relatively low, va- low value monetarily, you know, like low price points. And he just couldn't make it work financially on the, on a Shopify site. And then a restaurateur contacted him and said, could you get me six pallets of this certain product or whatever it was? I, I'm, I'm fuzzy on those exact details, but it was some crazy thing like that. And so he said to the restaurateur, yeah, I actually, I could get you that. And, and then. What happened to the client was he kind of realized he was trying to sell to the wrong people. He was trying to sell direct to consumer through a Shopify site, but because that's what he was successful at on Amazon. And this is really important. Like if you've got, if you just are an Amazon seller, just think this through with me right now. Let's say you're selling a box of spaghetti or a bottle of goo of whatever variety, doesn't matter what it is. On Amazon, you're thinking I'm selling this to an individual and it's being shipped to their house. On Shopify, you can set things up so that you can sell a pallet of that stuff to a you know school district or to a restaurant or to a franchise manager of food sourcing for 25, you know, fast food places or whatever. You get my point. You can sell it B2B at scale in all kinds of creative ways. 
and, and, and you might not be able to make it work on your Shopify site direct to consumer in the way that you are doing it on Amazon. And this is really important because if you just bring to Shopify what you have on Amazon and say, does this work? The answer might be no, but it, but you can easily tweak, tweak it so that maybe it could work if you just modify the model a bit and look for the business to business selling opportunity. And that creates a whole different set of site presentation strategies, marketing messages, email strategies. Like it really can change the game for you if you start to think through, wait, I can sell this stuff differently to a whole different strata of the industry and, and, and bolt that onto my business. And it's still ultimately the same products, you know? Yeah. It's a different marketplace. So you, you solved the backend product, so product development, product quality, shipping, mm -hmm. logistics, mm -hmm. and now you're plugging in the front end. It, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, for, for the right business. I just want to point something quick out, and then I've got a question for you on. This is probably cuts to the chase of what I was trying to get up with the client. So the first thing I want to say is you can often do the same on Amazon. So, so the super lazy version is you give a discount for bulk sales. I did this a lot with products that I sold that would be used by orchestras or choirs, and I just made a lot of mass yeah. sales. I mean, yeah. More by luck than judgment, I'd had that in my instincts. Yeah. Somehow as a, a conductor, I was very geared to big music groups. I hadn't even thought about that until I got people ordering 50, 60, 100 units at a time. And you could just do a discount for box sales and make sure you still got a profit at the end, but that can work out very well in terms of increasing revenue. The other one is you can, and depending on your client, your account and how you've been offered this by Amazon, often sell cartons directly. So you ship cartons into Amazon and then you can fulfill them directly from Amazon to business consumers as well. So that can be a yeah. lazy person's way of doing it, which isn't to say you shouldn't set your own site up as well. I mean, it's just point out that you can get started with that idea and even just test it very quickly. Yeah. Imagine, so now, sorry. Yeah, I was gonna say, imagine the difference to your business value though. On the one hand, if you sell through Amazon and let's say you have, let's say you have 10,000 customers. Most of the customers buy one bottle of your stuff or one, you know, one, one unit, but let's say there are 10 customers who buy 15,000 units or whatever, you know, like you, those, those bulk ones, those, those biggies, those, those B2B buyers, you let those people run through your Amazon account and you are giving away to Amazon all of the business value of that B2B relationship. But if you can have it run through your Shopify, you could literally have a first person real relationship with somebody who could transfer you a hundred thousand dollars, two hundred thousand dollars, a million dollars of sales, you know, volume over time. I mean, think about the difference between those two outcomes. I mean, you know, because, because to be blunt, if you let's just say you sold $2 million on Amazon, you come to me and I want to look at your business. I'm like, okay, I know what that is. It's $2 million. But if you come to me and say, Hey, I've got a B2B business model and I sell on Amazon as well. And I've got some clients, five or six of them that have given me over $50,000 and are faithful repeat buyers and they're cooked in. I know them. I serve them well, and I can just transition them to you as the new buyer of this business. That is a completely and totally different value proposition, you know, because what you're saying is, you know, that you've got these whales, I guess you could say of big buying power 
that you know and serve and work with, that creates, in my mind, a very, very different business valuation if I was going to be the buyer in your business. So that point, that is one of the things I suppose that, that I was sort of trying to get my clients to think about, like try to project forward three to five years, whatever his horizon mm -hmm. is and, and think about who's going to buy the business and why. And that's a seriously great reason to have faith again, because I guess there's people are, as one of the business brokers, I'll put it, I think Chris Shipfilling from Global Wild Advisors together, Michelle, he said, people are buying the future when they buy your business. And if you mm -hmm. have a lot of repeatability and a close network and, and probably hopefully signed contracts, a <laughs> hint that you that that is a value you can directly sell on to somebody else mm -hmm. and then it's yeah. the recovering revenue thing revenue thing again yeah so my my question then was about the website itself so if you have a site which is geared to direct consumer which has sort of mm -hmm. come from selling on amazon direct consumer next stage is d2c sites mm -hmm. can you and should you create then a business to business sale on the same site given that you've got different drivers and different messaging mm -hmm. needed how, how would you deal with that yeah, it's very straightforward. It's simple. You literally just have in your footer or, you know, on your website and your marketing, a shout out to, you know, retailers or business owners that want to buy in bulk. And you just have messaging that says, if you're, a, you know, if you're a business owner that wants to buy in bulk, please contact us here, text us, whatever. You just have a funneling mechanism. And that funneling mechanism is very straightforward. You can have products, obviously, that are not publicly visible per se that, you know, you would just send them to with maybe different pricing. You can have, you can have wholesale pricing apps that give them fully cooked B2B type pricing with, you know, quantity discounts, all of that's available in the back end. So there's a lot of functionality on Shopify for that type of scenario, not complicated at all, but, and the simplest thing would just be to have the, the relationship componentry added to your messaging, you know, you could, I mean, and it'd be so simple. I mean, you literally just say, Hey, you know, if you're a, a B2B customer or want to buy in bulk, please email us at this address goes to your help or whatever. And if people order over a hundred units or a thousand units or whatever is log your logical thing, you just give them a coupon code. Like, Hey, you know, here's our pricing break. Here's a coupon code. You know, it's that simple just to, you know, discount their orders for the appropriateness of the sale, scale of the sale, scale. Yeah, of the sale. I like it. Yeah, this is great. I, I really like it because it's, as a way of scaling revenue, it, and it's a mentality shift, I think, isn't it? Like one mm -hmm. customer times 10,000 mm -hmm. units is 10,000 people you've got to chase down on the Amazon universe, yeah. or even worse, Shopify, as you say, the economics yeah. can break down quite quickly. Wow. Let me, uh, let me, yeah, please. Yeah, let me jump in on one other component of this one, because we talked about direct-to-consumer, we talked about B2B, so basically the bulk selling, but there's another twist there and that's the wholesale level. So there's really three things here. There's, there's three things. There's direct-to-individual consumer sales, there's bulk sales to, you know, people who would want those types of things, and then there are wholesale selling to other retailers. And that is a, a, a different animal altogether. And it is absolutely of interest for, you know, a business model that could be bolted on as well. So in its own right, there's a lot of merit there. If your product is sellable by retailers or even other e-commerce operators, you know, setting up a wholesale system where they get, you know, keystone pricing or whatever the pricing structure is, you know, that you want to set up for them. It's clear, it's logical, 
they have a way to purchase and you know then that item can be you know sold on by them that makes sense if you have a brand it doesn't make sense if you're a reseller of other people's brands you know so if you're the the origin originator of the brand then you know setting that type of system up makes a ton of sense but people argue against it as well people say no i want to be a sole destination location on the internet for this item there is complication you know you have to think think through like minimum advertised pricing across all of the sales locations and you know things that are challenging as it relates to issuing terms and what if they start discounting what if they go rogue on you you know there is a lot of nuance there that you want to think through but there's opportunity there as well to have a sales channel that bolsters your business Veteran e-commerce operators know that net profit is the vital lifeblood of a business. Better a small and profitable business than a large one that earns no money. The Profit Habits Workbook is designed to give you 17 actionable, specific and proven profit-taking actions. You can implement them at your own pace and let the power of this trusted framework revolutionize your company. The Profit Habits Workbook makes profit improvement a fast and efficient achievement. For a limited time, we are now sharing this resource with our listeners completely free with no strings attached. To download your 60-page workbook and begin your journey to a more profitable business today, just visit theecommerceleader.com forward slash profit habits. One of the things that I've seen with some of my clients in caution retails around that is that people that started off in the B2B world and transitioned into direct-to-consumer, mostly via Amazon, or they may have their own sites, but it's not normally amongst most of the people I work with, not a big percentage of revenue. But there can be big challenge, con- challenges there. If you need to discount in order to sell, particularly if you want to discount mm-hmm. to sell more volume on Amazon and to be competitive in what is often a lower price environment, then you know your retailers are going to hate that. So you need to, I think that's one of those ones that I would really urge you to think through and talk through somebody who's done it. Yeah, that, that, A mastermind's a perfect place for that. As I've got two or three people that own their own production facilities, which means that the economics work, that you can sell it at a substantial discount on a wholesale basis and still make money, then you need to be super clear about, do you want to compete with yourself effectively? Right. And uh, sometimes it can be wise to have some product lines that are for wholesale, some for D2C. I know some businesses I work with, with maybe mixed success, they have a, a brand that is specifically their own brand and that they sell to D2C. And then they have other people that private label stuff. It, it can get tricky quite quickly. Is <laughs> all I would say, you know, there's yeah. great opportunity yeah. and, and great wisdom is needed to think it through is all I would say. Yeah. So the last one, Another interesting one, and very coming of age, was the sixth business model to bowl to Yeah, I would say the sixth business model you can add is affiliate sales. And really, there's two here. I'll add a seventh, which is influencer marketing. So that, so let's talk about both. We might as well just make the, those distinguished. The affiliate sales idea is very, very simple. What else does your customer typically buy in the process of using your product. And if you don't sell it to them directly, is there somebody else that sells it to them that you can be an affiliate for? And the real heart and soul of this idea is just helping your customer achieve their project process, you know, outcome, whatever it is they're doing. The affiliate opportunities are all over the internet. I mean, it's just incredible how many things you can add as an affiliate. And if you can bolt some of them on wisely, then why wouldn't you? And it just takes the creative 
conversations and the interest and in looking into it. You know, one, one easy example is several of our clients over the years have sold in the pet space, you know, pet, pet items. And one of the things I always said to them, which no one's ever taken me up on the offer to even inquire was go find out if there's a pet insurance company that you could promote their, their insurance product. And it's such a logical, simple bolted on extension because you know, the people who are buying your item have a pet. And especially if they're buying high end fancy stuff from a website, you know, they have a pet they are ridiculously connected to and are spending unreasonable amounts of money on. And so, you know, pet insurance is sort of like one of those things. It's like, that's who would buy pet insurance is somebody who has a pet that they've spent a lot of money on. It's a brilliant idea. I, I love know, this. I, I mean, it's so yeah. sad that people don't do these more radical things and that people get very, very stuck in their lane. And it's good to be, and this is what I, I was trying to refer to earlier. This is even a more clean example. If you think you're not going to be good at making books or even commissioning people to buy books, which make books is very different. I don't, I've never made physical widgets, but I've had thousands of them, tens of thousands made for me in China. Uh, they're different things. But yes, there's an art to getting a product made that's right. But this is an even lazier. I mean, like just sell somebody else's expertise done. All you yeah. do is connect somebody else to your target market. And again, I can only give a non-clean example of this, but I've done a lot of, I've got about a hundred affiliate deals now through the podcast is a bit ridiculous, but every so often, and it doesn't work that consistently for me, but I've sold on something that I literally had them on a podcast once. And this is a little bit different. If you sell on Amazon, you're not an influencer, but if you have an email list, you're an influencer. That, it's as simple as that. Right. And yeah. I've made, I remember at one point I just got a, I looked in my PayPal account one month. So I made $5,000 from, from this one guy that I'd, I'd sent a few emails and had them on a podcast once. If you don't have a podcast, yeah. you have a channel for your, your, uh, you know, your, a YouTube channel, an email list, mm -hmm. anything. It honestly, it was kind of shockingly easy and that's the best yet. I've not had anyone quite as amazing as that, but it trips along. Uh, it's just, mm -hmm. it's a no brainer for me to at least explore it. And obviously you're yeah. also, as long as you're tasteful about who you work with caveat, you're serving your customers really, really well. Like if you yeah. care about dog insurance and you have a dog and you've got them insured to ride somebody really good and you had a friend who made a claim and they dealt with it well, you don't have to go that deep. You're really serving people. So yeah, I agree with you. It's kind of like, why aren't people taking you up on this? Yeah. I, I don't know. It's a comfort zone thing maybe, but it's, it's a super smart idea. Can't say enough. Yeah. You mentioned the word influencer. Yeah. So it, to me, these are tied together. Being an affiliate marketer and being an influencer because in, in a way it's the same, you're acting in the same way. If you're, you know, influencing people, if you have a big Instagram account or YouTube channel or something like that, you know, you, one of the ways you, you know, survive in that world is being an affiliate. But if you're a business owner and you've got to your point, a list and a social following and, you know, set of customers, and there are products that are super aligned with what your customers are trying to accomplish, then you can be a de facto influencer for those other products and use affiliate links. Now, to me, the interesting part of all of this is the math. You know, let's say you're grinding it out to make a million dollars in sales on a physical product. And let's just say it's ugly on the profit and loss statement, and you barely make any money, you know, for, for the, the, 
annualized net profit. You know, adding affiliate sales is zero cost of goods. It's just literally a check someone sends to you for, you know, promoting a product. It's the same concept to me as sort of like the digital goods and sort of like the VIP membership. I mean, if, if you're really struggling with profitability and you've got a physical product business and you don't think through affiliate marketing, VIP programs and digital goods, you're not really interested in solving the problem. I guess is maybe that's the strongest way I can say it. Yeah. Because if you're trying to solve the problem by telling your manufacturer, you need to save three cents on every unit, you're being way too myopic and not even thinking about all of the trees in the forest. You're focused on one little toothpick of, you know, a splinter of the process. Yeah. And, and you're right. How else can I make money in this business? You know, you're so right. And this is the difference between a CEO or even a business owner or investor mindset versus an operator. And somebody should, somebody should be worrying about three cents uh, off your per unit sure. if, if yeah. or five or 50 or whatever. But I would really argue that once you get to a certain size of business, really shouldn't be you if you're the business owner operator. Because as you say, you cannot micromanage your way out of a lack of profit. Yeah. And, and that's such a trap, such a trap. And mm -hmm. to the point of affiliate marketing, I just want to bang the drum for this very hard because I want to point out if you can't do digital goods yourself, if you don't think you can do membership, if you don't think you're only good at producing ebooks, if you don't happen to own an insurance company, like who listening owns insurance company, probably one person I can think of because she was a guest on the podcast. Maybe mm -hmm. she listens to it. Hello, Hadley, had any of you there? But other than that, you know, you don't have to create anything. It's not only is it a hundred percent profit, you don't have to make a membership site. You don't have to write an ebook. You don't have to get insurance. You don't have to create a sales page. I mean, it's, it's just insane how efficient it is when it works. And so I yeah. would just say it's such a low risk idea. As long as you, you caveat, get good people, don't sell rubbish. And that's the only caveat I would say. Yeah, yeah, sure. Of course. Um, yeah. You, you can get mercenary in your mindset and sell junk and that's just stupid, <laughs> right? You want to sell yes. something that's highly valuable for your customer. And a lot of these models, I just will say at the 30,000 foot level to sort of zoom out and talk about integrating six business models. A lot of these are really tied to the concept of long-term customer value. And if you spend the money to acquire a customer, to sell them one thing, one time, then you've done the most expensive part of the business you know, customer life cycle. And the question to follow on is how can you bring along other business models to extend and enhance a long-term customer value to your business? And that, you know, how much will they over time be worth to you? And all things being equal, the better those numbers, the more you can spend to acquire more and the more net profit you have and on and on and on. I mean, the, the business value of that idea just cascades throughout the whole business. The more people you can hire to serve customers on and on and on. So it's really the thinking of what is it that's possible as it relates to long-term customer value and how many different angles can you build into your business that make that really successful for you, but also do it in a way that's really helpful and thoughtful and beneficial to your customers. So it doesn't feel like you're hitting them up with a million offers all the time. 
it feels like you've created a walled garden ecosystem that they step into and are very, very helped by. And I think that's yeah. a mature way to look at it. Fantastic. Yeah, that's a beautiful way of, of pulling those threads together. Just the mechanics, could you just summarize the six business models we've put together or you've put together and, and the lenses we should look through? Because I think those are both really helpful. Sure. Yeah. With the assumption that you're selling a physical product, then additional business models include digital products, VIP programs or memberships, subscription, recurring subscription models, a direct to consumer sales if you're currently selling B2B or B2B sales if you're selling direct to consumer, of course, wholesales in there as well in both of those questions. And then the sixth way is affiliate sales. And the, I guess we could say a bonus seventh way is influencer marketing where you're the influencer. And those models bolted together should give you a lot of different ways in which to add profit to your business with all different associated cost of goods or delivery expenses and really gives you a huge opportunity to build a business that has both healthy top line sales and healthy bottom line net profits. Yeah, love it. This has been great, man. I really like it. And I think the beautiful thing is some of these are really easy wins. So I think anyone listening, I just urge you to go back through the list and don't forget to check out the blog post at theecommercedealer.com. Pick one that feels easy to you. Everyone has different comfort zones and, and get cracking with it because this is proper CEO thinking. I would say proper e-commerce leader thinking to coin a phrase. Well, Jason, it's been a pleasure as ever. Thank you so much for taking us through that. It's been fantastic. Uh, Thanks, man. And anyone listening who hasn't done so yet, please don't forget to subscribe, join the growing throngs. We're getting more subscribers every month on Spotify, particularly we're taking off, but don't forget Apple podcasts or Google podcasts available there as well. Thanks for listening to the e-commerce leader folks. Veteran e-commerce operators know that net profit is the vital lifeblood of a business. Better a small and profitable business than a large one that earns no money. The Profit Habits Workbook is designed to give you 17 actionable, specific and proven profit-taking actions. You can implement them at your own pace and let the power of this trusted framework revolutionize your company. The Profit Habits Workbook makes profit improvement a fast and efficient achievement. For a limited time, we are now sharing this resource with our listeners completely free with no strings attached. To download your 60-page workbook and begin your journey to a more profitable business today, just visit theecommerceleader.com forward slash profit habits. Hey folks, this is Michael Vizi from Amazing FBA Podcast for Amazon Sellers. I'd like to introduce an episode from our sister podcast, The E-Commerce Leader, which has got a slightly broader remit for all e-commerce sellers. In this deep dive episode, Jason Miles and I deep dive into a key e-commerce topic. Hope you enjoy the show.